0: And good afternoon. You're listening to Ken Hudnall. This is the Ken Hudnall Show. Coming to you from our studios right here in exciting El Paso, Texas. Well, I've got uh, a few issues with my studio, so we're going to be doing a number of short topics over the next few days until everything is squared away. Uh, Today's September the 12th, 255th day of the year. 110 days remain to the year's over with. Yesterday was the anniversary of 9-11. And uh, we've got the usual left carrying on about um, 9-11 was our fault and this and that and the other. You know, basically, if they're not happy, there's the door. Now, on this day in 490 B.C., Battle of the Marathon. Very famous battle. The Athenians and Plataean allies defeat the first Persian invasion force of Greece. 372 AD, 16 kingdoms. Jin Zawudi, aged 10, succeeds his father. Jin Jianwindi is emperor of the Eastern Jin Dynasty. Now, I've done a lot of history segments in the past. Today's uh, show's going to be uh, about 20 minutes. and I'm going to hit some high points. And hopefully I can expand when everything is back normal. Um, I mean the uh, we had a new roofing company come. VA sent them. And they created a bigger disaster than the last ones. So I'm literally doing this show in the hall as opposed to my studio. You know, p- part of the, the reason I started the show is I was finding so much in the way of history and and useful uh, information, and I wanted to get it out there. Um, and I've written or published over sixty books. Uh, interestingly enough, there are people who have literally fallen on their sword to stop the sales. Um, as if somehow being a successful author is an affront to them. I've written, um, I wrote a number of books about unsolved mysteries, lost treasures, and ghosts. Uh, about various locations. And uh, I've had people... Buy a copy of the book, memorize the stories, and go do their own tours, ghost tours, based on uh, my book. I did ghost tours for 20 years until um, it got to the point that I was tripping over other people trying to do the same thing based on my books. So I retired. No, I write more books. Um, I'm coming out with a series about um, how to get your VA benefits. I was shocked to find out. So many of my fellow veterans have absolutely no idea how to go about doing it. Now, there are companies you can find all over the Internet that, for a fee, will show you what forms to fill out and help you do things. But the one who has the most to gain from doing it is the veteran. And finding the right forms is not rocket science. Filling them out is not rocket science. Um, now, a lot of folks have the belief the VA is sitting there just waiting to shower you with benefits. That is not true. You have to... Show that there's an injury or an illness that you have it today. It began or was exacerbated in military service, and you have to have what's called a nexus letter, which shows uh, from a medical standpoint what the connection is. And the things I've discovered about uh, how the VA operates. Absolutely mind-blowing. They're supposed to be there to help and protect the, the veteran. They are anything but, in many cases. So, um, I did want to make note of the new series. Um, I'm working on... Uh, I'm taking you from the beginning. And you never end... Applying for benefits as you get older. Uh, most people think you become 100% disabled in the VA system. That's the end of the road. It is not. That's just a crossroads. Uh, the new law that was just passed, the PACT Act, which has to do with uh, those who are exposed to burn pits and Agent Orange and what have you. Um, I've been told that less than 3% of those eligible even applied for it. Um, most people believe Agent Orange was only used in Vietnam. That is not correct. It was used in quite a number of places. I had contact with it in Panama. My unit was assigned to help clean out the bunkers where it was stored. They used some of it in the mosquito repellent that was sprayed in the quarters areas and the kids were out there playing in it uh, and you know, even if it doesn't affect the individual exposed it can affect the future generations so I'm going to cover all that information um, in a series of books and I'm going to turn them into podcasts and audio books and e-books and all this other stuff The, uh, you know, here along the border, there's quite a number of, um, interesting little tidbits. Um, I've been an amateur treasure hunter for, since I was about 10. I got my first metal detector when I was 16. And when I was living in California, I was doing a couple hundred dollars a weekend, just wandering the beaches with a metal detector. But here along the border, amazingly enough, there are quite a number of um, unexpected treasures you can find. Uh, Everyone's heard, I'm sure, of Maximilian Carlotta. They were the emperor and empress of Mexico. Installed by the Emperor of Austria. Uh, eventually, uh, the, uh, the Mexican people rose up and uh, threw him out. In fact, Maximilian stood up against the wall and shot. Well, very few people realize when he saw the handwriting on the wall, he sent the Mexican treasury north. His wife was supposed to go to New York and intercept it. Uh, He sent uh, the French Legion uh, was there. uh, And also uh, uh, part of the Austrian army was there supporting him. And he sent his wagon train north. On board the wagons were barrels of flour in the barrels of flour was all the wealth that they could cram into those barrels and they had an an Austrian army escort they because this was the end of the Civil War there were a lot of of, um, well they called them gringos uh, looking for work and they hired a bunch of them to be extra security Well, they couldn't figure out why there was so much security for barrels of flour. And the... um, One of them, during the night, got up and slipped over to the, the wagons, opened one of the barrels, and discovered what was in it. He told his friends over the next few days, They got ready, and at the right time, they massacred the uh, Austrian military guards. The um, now the problem they ran into was the Comanches, who were the most uh, warlike of the tribes along the border, were up in arms, and uh, now this was the entire treasury of a nation. So they buried it, made a map, but they buried it, and then they each one took enough to get by I guess you could say the uh interesting thing the the value of of the Maximilian treasure is uh, estimated right now to be over $200 million. But to coin collectors, historical and archaeological um, collectors, the value is inestimable. Now, I had the opportunity to see Carlotta's necklace. And it's the one that's in the portraits of her that... uh, came out of that time period, she eventually lost her mind when she couldn't get uh, the Austrian emperor to to send in uh, more troops to save her husband. And that uh, necklace wound up in a pawn shop in Juarez, Mexico. Now, a friend of mine who had an antique store was rummaging around in the antique shop saw it in the pawn shop rather saw it and realized what it was it wound up being sold to a a man from the Middle East for an incalculable sum of money but let me give you the overview of this particular treasure happened in 1867 the imperial treasury of Maximilian buried within 15-mile radius of Horsehead Crossing and Castle Gap near the Pecos River. Um, it's reputed to be 15 tons of uh, gold coins, Mexican pesos, silver plate, and jewels at a minimum. Now, a dying outlaw by the name of Robert Murdoch drew a map, and he got to Denton, Texas, he was going to get some, uh, recruit some more uh, out of work uh, former soldiers and go back. He became ill. Well, he was treated by a doctor in Denton. And when he realized he was dying, he gave him the map. And by the time the doctor could get a group together and they went looking for the treasure, the landmarks and the markings are wiped away by the blowing sand and the dust. Even with the map, they couldn't find the treasure. Now, all the outlaws were killed by an Indian raiding party, except for one sick outlaw, and that's the one that died in Denton, Texas. Denton is about 100 miles from where they buried the treasure. And since, of course, they all died, they couldn't go back and recover it. The uh, doctor, whose last name was Black, had a friend who was a lawyer named O'Connor. And Murdoch died, and he was the only one left who knew where the treasure was buried. Now, the Castle Gap Horsehead Crossing is one of the major routes to and from the west until the railroads uh, came in, and it was used by the Butterfield Stagecoach Line and was used for cattle drives as well as part of the Good Night Loving Trail used by the army in transporting goods and money to and from western forts. And there's never been a single report of anybody finding even a, a single coin of that treasure, except for a few odds and ends that showed up, such as Carlotta's necklace, which by itself was worth an unbelievable sum. Now, the major portion the Maximilian Treasures, presumed to be Mexican Empire gold coins, struck with Maximilian's uh, image on them for the Mexican Mexican treasury. And then, of course, there's going to be older Mexican uh, pesos, American coins, silver plate jewelry. Now, Castle Gap's held a major fascination and focus of treasure hunters over the, the years. There have been stories about the treasure in all the treasure magazines that were prevalent in uh, the 20th century Lost Treasure Magazine, Lost and True West and as if one gigantic treasure in that area wasn't enough there's seven more legendary treasures that are buried within a 15 mile radius and never been found now that makes a total of eight buried treasures in the Castle Gap area the Maximilian treasure may be the, the largest, but um, you also have the Coronado treasure. Now, gold was carried by Francisco Vazquez de Coronado in 1540, and supposedly it was stashed near the Horsehead Crossing in Castle Gap for little retrieval on the way back. That return trip didn't happen. Coronado was searching for the city of Chibola or the Guevara, and he himself may not have been with the various expeditions but since he was wounded, but he sent his subordinates on various trails in search of the so-called golden cities. Related treasure mysteries have been the find of some ranchers and farmers in Aspermont, Texas, about 64 miles north of Abilene. There may be directions to either the buried hoard of Spanish gold around Castle Gap or could be related to an entirely separate burial of gold extracted by the Indians. According to Clay Coppage, a druggist uh, named Caleb Terrell in Haskell got a treasure map as payment for treating an elderly Hispanic man a number of years prior to 1902, and he was sought out by a man named David Arnold who had in his possession another treasure map drawn on sheepskin that was related to that same area, and they hired a half a dozen folks to help them find the treasure. The problem with the map was the writing looked like hieroglyphics, and they couldn't read it. And while wandering around the area, a Mexican sheepherder was found who said he could read the map. He's identified only by the name of Fernandez, and he told him the map wasn't directly rela- was not directly related to the treasure, but the stone tablets that would identify where the gold was buried. And he pointed him to a, a location at the confluence of the salt... Uh, fork and a double mountain fork, the Brazos River, and they did find the first of three tablets. They called them spider rocks, and since there were a series of concentric circles chiseled into stone, marking the stone tablets, that looked just like spider webs. Then we have the Catholic cross cache of 1780, more gold was buried in the area as the Jesuits in the Spanish Empire times would take control of gold and silver on behalf of the church. And in fact, until the Mexican Revolution, the Catholic Church was the largest landowner in the empire. And then there's the California 49er treasure, a horseshoe keg full of gold lost by a returning California 49er. Now, horseshoe doesn't define the shape of the keg, but it was a term used in the old west for a certain type of keg. Yep. And then, of course, we've got the Butterfield Stagecoach treasure buried in 1860, not far from where the Stagecoach Station was located at Horsehead Crossing. This uh, Stagecoach Trail ran from St. Louis west to San Francisco. Butterfield only used it for three years as the railroads began to take over uh, the Old West. Marauders killed the drivers, didn't find the buried treasure, consisting of strong boxes somewhere in the past the gap on the west side, then we got the castle treasure. Old Bill Castle, for whom the northernmost mountain mesa was named, buried a gold cache in the area in the 1860s and couldn't get back to reclaim it. In fact, the name Castle Gap actually refers to Old Bill Castle. It's on the north side of the gap. South side of the gap is King Mountain much larger mesa name for a rancher named Guy King who drilled a water well on top of the mountain in nineteen hundred. Then we got the wagoners treasure. Outlaws in the eighteen sixties stashed forty thousand dollars in loot after preying on passing wagon trains. I mean you can speculate at least one of the outlaws later The uh I don't know what's wrong with my system. It's been acting up since the all the water. Then we got the Army treasure, gold and rifles from a U.S. Army wagon train passing that way in the late 1860s or said to be buried at or near Castle Gap. You'd think the Army would come back and get them, or maybe the Comanches got them. Now on that note, we're going to uh, call it into end this little segment. I'll be doing more sp- segments. Until then, this is Ken Hudnall for the Ken Hudnall Show saying have a truly great evening.